Welcome to the Imposter Syndrome Terminator podcast. My name is Ines Padar, and I'm a spiritual mindset and business coach. The goal of this podcast is to help you use the full power of your subconscious mind to ditch imposter syndrome, raise your vibration, unlock the doors to abundance, and grow a low stress and high income business. So let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the series that is all about imposter syndrome. From up, down, left, and right, we are diving super deep. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about the real reasons why we have imposter syndrome, what imposter syndrome is and is not at its fundamental root cause, because once we know where it comes from, we have so much more power to overcome it and let that chapter of our mind behind us. So imposter syndrome, when we don't really know what we're talking about, we are going to feel that it's just a competence or knowledge issue. So if I don't feel knowledgeable enough or not competent enough, it's probably true. So if I get more knowledge and get more competences, I will finally feel smart. Well, that's not true because if it was true, everyone who gets extra certifications, everyone who's very educated would not have imposter syndrome and people who technically don't have all of the academic credentials or who don't have that much knowledge would have imposter syndrome, which is not true either. So the real reason why we have imposter syndrome fundamentally is a self-worth thing. It's not feeling good enough. So before we move on, You can absolutely have fantastic self-worth in many areas of your life. So maybe, you know, you have amazing friends, you've attracted Mrs. or Mr. Right, you have great self-worth in, you know, how you see yourself as a spouse or a partner or a family member or a friend or about your abilities in sports, etc., etc. But sometimes in one specific field and when we Usually when we talk about imposter syndrome, we usually refer to the career aspect or business aspect of our life, but you can have imposter syndrome, you know, in other areas of your life, like other areas of your life, excuse me, like relationships, etc., which we will not cover in this podcast because that's just not my lane. Um, But you can absolutely have great self-worth in many departments in your life and then just have this thing specifically in your business or in your job where imposter syndrome is just freaking huge. Uh, So I want to make that very clear because just because we have lower self-worth or because we don't feel good enough in our job doesn't mean that we necessarily feel that way in, in, in other areas of our life. So fundamentally, imposter syndrome stems from not feeling good enough or feeling that whatever we do, it's not going to work, which is very subtle. It's not, it's similar. It's same, same, but different. It's really subtle. And after this episode, you will understand exactly what I talk about. So when it comes to imposter syndrome, there are so many ways it could have developed. Sometimes it's events, you know, when we were younger, sometimes it's generational, sometimes it's past life, whether you believe in that or not. But it's really hard to identify one specific point in time, unless you had a major event that triggered the imposter syndrome. And usually... Uh, as with everything that we struggle with or that is not our strong point, we usually already have some sort of vibration within us that is going to attract a specific set of circumstances because, you know, the law of attraction that are going to reinforce that vibration. So maybe, you know, at four years old, we got rejected by kids on the playground 
and we feel, oh, something must be wrong with us. And now we have that vibration, even without, you know, consciously realizing at four within us, and we will keep attracting more people or circumstances that are going to reinforce that pattern of thought or those emotions or feelings, which just makes the thing worse. So we never really know exactly when it starts. It can also be, you know, just body language from people around us who were disappointed or something we heard on the television or whatnot. But what we need to kind of understand is that all of our major programming is done between ages zero and seven. So that um, that specific period of our life, of course, is going to significantly affect how bad our imposter syndrome is or if we have imposter syndrome and of course significant life events that trigger big emotions as with any limiting belief or limiting emotion can be the root cause of imposter syndrome or anything else so if you know everything was going so well at school and in our career and we were really confident and suddenly we get completely screwed over with this very unfair situation or we get fired unfairly because they say that we did a shitty job and that we are the worst employee ever and it wasn't true, that can also trigger imposter syndrome. But I want to go to the deeper layers, the layers that you wouldn't necessarily think about um, because it's probably going to make you have a few aha moments. So many, many times I have observed that when people have been through a situation where even their best, most efficient efforts could not alleviate or solve a specific painful situation, they will start developing imposter syndrome or feeling that the reason why they could not bring resolution to whatever situation they were experiencing is because it's their fault. So typical, classic, very common example, more common than you would think, is you grew up in a household where one of your parents was chronically unhappy or depressed or an alcoholic or never there because they were always at work or whatever. So basically, all of us. If you are a highly sensitive person, if you are an empath, if you are easily in tune with other people's needs, or if, you know, you were very used to trying to make other people happy, a typical root cause of imposter syndrome is a situation where you have such an adult in your household or some adult or some person close to you in your immediate circle that was going through something and you tried to help them, but you could not help them. Not because you were not competent enough, but because, you know, only themselves could help themselves or they had to choose, you know, that they wanted to change before a change could happen. So nothing that you could influence. But between ages zero and seven or even up to 10 or 15 years old, what is going to happen is that we're going to internalize their lack of happiness as something that is our fault or we're going to believe that if we were smarter, if we were nicer, if we were a better kid, if we were better at tuning into their needs or responding to their needs or better at caring for them or supporting them, they would have gotten better. Thus, the reason why they did not get better is because of us. And that can very strongly plant the belief that whatever I do is not good enough. Whatever I try never works. No matter how hard I invest my time and energy into making mom or dad or my sister happy, they never got happy, which means that no matter how hard I try, 
nothing is ever going to work. And then it shows up as us freaking out in our business about our clients not getting results or us applying for like a job that we really want to have, but with the crippling fear that there might be a project or a task that is given to us that despite our best efforts, we were not going to be able to solve or fulfill or have some sort of successful outcome. And now before we are even put in the situation, in a potential situation where we might have to solve a problem, we are already anticipating that we might not be able to solve it or do it. And we are just being regressed consciously or subconsciously to the times earlier in our life where we were basically faced with the impossible problem of trying to help someone else who can only help themselves, not being able to help them, and then internalizing the message that the reason that it didn't work is because we couldn't do it, or that despite our best efforts, some things can never be changed. Now, while that is not necessarily, but it kind of is actually, bad, It is bad when we take a specific situation like trying to help someone who didn't want to be helped or who could only help themselves, which is a very specific set of circumstances. If we take that specific example again very often subconsciously and apply it to a completely different scenario, that is going to be fucked up and it's not going to work. So just because I couldn't help my mom who was depressed and didn't want to get help doesn't mean I can't help my clients with hypnosis which is a field that has always brought me results and that I love doing. Or just because I completely sucked at geography and I hated the assignments and each time I did a geography assignment, I got a bad grade and teachers made fun of us. Just because I couldn't figure that out doesn't mean that I could not figure out a different project that I'm actually interested in. And we tend to internalize... um, beliefs or draw conclusions from old things that we didn't really have any control on and project those conclusions onto stuff that we really like. So for a very long time, I felt very stupid at university. I felt that everyone else at university was smarter, sharper, more motivated, more driven. I just kind of felt like the university slob, like the university couch potato, because while I was very interested by finance, I wasn't fascinated by it and I couldn't bother go the extra mile so for a long time I felt kind of inadequate and like the dumbest person in the room and I projected that on my business for a long time but the truth of the matter the fact of the matter is I didn't really care about geography Egypt and finance I mean it was interesting but it wasn't my passion when I started my passion which was helping women you know master their subconscious mind using EFT hypnosis and other techniques I was just very naturally good at it. But in the beginning, I hadn't realized that because my experience was that when it came to doing things, I was not that great at them. But the reason why I wasn't that great is because the only experience I had had in the past was having to do projects or stuff like that on topics that didn't interest me. And once I entered my zone of genius, it completely changed. It's just kind of a natural thing to me. But that is something we have to actively become aware of if we want to feel differently. Um, Again, another reason why you might have imposter syndrome is if we are seeking for external things to make us feel good enough, we will be in a perpetual cycle of looking for those, always feeling that something is missing. And that something is missing feeling is very dominant in imposter syndrome because we feel we are not an expert enough, knowledge is missing, 
competences are missing, expertise is missing. But maybe what is missing is just feeling proud, feeling validated, feeling important, feeling listened to, feeling acknowledged by other people. And as long as we fool ourselves into thinking that once I get all of these certifications and once I make more money and once I have more followers, I will finally feel good, we will be stuck in this perpetual cycle of searching from these things um, for these things on the outside, not getting them, which is going to reinforce the feeling of inadequacy of being a, or being a fraud, and basically never looking deeper at why we don't feel good enough in the first place. So these are the deeper root causes of imposter syndrome. I have also seen cases where children or teenager were either verbally physically or sexually abused and then the abuser told them or gaslit them into saying you better shut up otherwise your entire family is going to turn against you you can't tell anything to anyone or they would even manipulate them into thinking that it never happened like oh it wasn't that bad or I never screamed at you that bad or we didn't hit you it was just a little slap when you your behavior was completely out of hand and now again our entire basis of for reality is skewed or we start imagining maybe I am always wrong maybe other people are right maybe I am making a bigger deal than this was maybe the way I felt back then you know was wrong and it just fuels this doubt or uncertainty around ourselves and our feelings and emotions and sanity that is of course not going to help when it comes to imposter syndrome Another root cause of imposter syndrome and constantly not feeling good enough might be, and this is a bit more subtle, but I have seen it enough times for it to be mentioned, that it's just a mechanism to slow you down or hold you back because if you were to thrive, if you were to be successful, if you were to stop doubting or overthinking, your success might ruffle some feathers. So maybe your siblings are going to get a bit nasty. Maybe your partner wouldn't be so keen about you making more money. Maybe each time you were successful or assertive in the past, you got shunned or you got shamed or you got made fun of or people told you that you were cocky or overly confident or maybe you had good grades at school and you were called a nerd and were ostracized from your friends group. So each time there was some sort of positive experience about being good at what you did or expressing yourself authentically, there was a negative consequence associated with it. So now your mind is going to think, well, no, each time we are thriving, each time we're doing well, each time we are successful, each time we're confident or assertive, shit hits the fan. My colleagues get jealous, my boss mobs me, my, I don't know, master thesis supervisor gives me more work because I'm so good at what I do that he just keeps adding work on me and I'm exhausted. Or maybe my sister is going to bully me just like she bullied me when I was a kid when I was getting too much attention at Christmas. And your mind is going to be like, no, we're not going to go there. It was too painful. It was too hard. So the, the way it basically stops you from going to a place where you'd be confident, feel good in your skin and where you would be radiant is by making you doubt, making you feel inadequate, making you feel like an imposter, making you feel like a fraud. So all of that is basically the product of a very efficient subconscious mind trying to protect you, but you need to understand that just because you feel that way doesn't mean it's true. And the most recent example I can give you of just because you feel some way doesn't mean it's true is when my income and my business in general slowed down, 
basically due to personal reasons that I'm almost out of it. <laughs> I can't wait for the day where I can do like a massive debrief with all of you so you can learn from my mistakes. But basically when my business slowed down, I had been associating so much of my self-worth with my success. And that had been the case my entire life. Like I got a lot of positive reinforcement from my family when I was performing. So when I was performing in sports, when I was performing at school, I always got more gifts, more attention, more love, more smiles when I was getting good grades, when I was being the perfect kid, when I was like winning, basically. So in my mind, if I was not winning or performing, it made me less worthy. And subconsciously, deep down, it's always about the fear of losing love or validation from the people you care about the most, right? Once, if you haven't healed that yet. So when my business went down and when the sales and the amount of clients I was working with went down, I automatically felt like a, a fucking massive fraud and imposter and the train of thoughts that was going in my mind is who would want to work with me if I'm not as successful as I used to be? Who would want to work with someone who's preaching about business and mindset when my own business and mindset are not in the best place? And it paralyzed me for so long. I felt inadequate and not legitimate for so long. I would not launch because I felt like a fraud. I felt like a hypocrite. I felt that I was lecturing people on what they were supposed to be doing when I wasn't even able to do it myself, which is a very tough way to treat yourself. And then I talked with people who did work with me, who just, you know, some of them just reached out. They wanted to work one-on-one -on -one, and some of them have become good friends. And I opened up about those all of those thoughts and feelings and they said it's so interesting because first of all I hadn't even really picked up or noticed that things in your business were not going as they usually go so what was a very harsh and difficult experience in reality in my mind was basically a non-event for many people who hadn't really realized it for them you know I was still posting great content on social media and still recording super useful podcast episodes for so for them it was kind of business as usual and all everyone is always preoccupied with their own life they don't really know what's going on in your business much less than we think so they first they said that and then they said but Ines I didn't hire you based on how much money you make or how much people you're working with. I hired you because I felt that you could really understand me and that the tools that you use to help your clients could help me. I really resonated with your story. I really resonated with, you know, client XYZ that you worked with because I'm in, I'm in a similar position. Or I just, you know, trust you. I've been following you for quite some time and I just trust that you're not going to scam me or that you're not going to do like fake promises. All of these things that had nothing to do with my income. And maybe some people chose not to work with me because they felt I wasn't making enough money and that's their right, right? Maybe they feel that the coach they need is someone who makes more than them. And that is completely okay. And we need to respect everyone's needs at everyone at different points um, of their life. But the truth is that I had made this huge deal in my mind of, and this very biased image of no one wanting to work with me because everyone knew how bad my business was going, blah, 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 when literally no one was thinking that. And once I finally took my head out of the sand and I said, listen, I need to focus on my clients. I need to stop being the star of my show, oh, my poor business, my poor income is not going as it used to be, blah, blah, blah. And I needed to focus on my clients again from a place of 
who is my ideal client and how can I help them? And if I could help clients in the past, I can still help clients today independently of how much my business is making. Because before my business made its first dollar, one client trusted me with their money, right? Before I had my first client, I had zero clients, but yet someone trusted me with their money. So technically before I made money, I made no money, yet someone still became my client. Where when in the earlier stages of my business, I wasn't making money at all. No one knew how much I was making or not making, but they still came to me because something within, you know, my services or myself resonated with them. So all of this question of, am I competent enough? Can I walk the walk and talk the talk? Was this huge deal in my mind, but it wasn't a huge deal in other people's minds. So when we can remove the focus of basically imposter syndrome hijacking our mind and making us feel completely inadequate and focus on okay can I help someone who is two steps behind me yes do I believe in what I do yes well that's basically all we need so I cannot remember how I ended up on this tangent um I would have to re-listen to the podcast episode but I know it was about the deeper root causes of how imposter syndrome is developed Um, And one of the ways it can develop, I hope this was the point I was making, is when we have experiences of like lower income and especially if our self-worth is associated with our net worth or our level of success, the minute the success goes down, which could be due to so many reasons that have nothing to do with us, uh, imposter syndrome can do a massive, massive flare up. And that's just an indication of a deeper issue of our self-worth being associated with success, which it should never be. We are worthy just because we are, not because of what we do. So this was it for the episode on the deeper root causes of imposter syndrome. And I will see you in the next one. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's podcast. Now, if you want to experience the full power of your subconscious mind to manifest more abundance and more clients towards you while you sleep, I've got a gift for you. The Abundance Hypnosis Recording. It will help you let go of imposter syndrome and money blocks directly at the subconscious level and rewire your mind to energetically attract and manifest more abundance and clients. This recording has already helped thousands of women let go of deep-seated limiting beliefs and negative blueprints they didn't even know they had. And all you have to do is go to inaspadar.ch slash abundance recording in one word. And of course, all of this is in the show notes. So see you next time on the Imposter Syndrome Terminator podcast.